welcome back to the 13th episode of the World of Heritage. My name is Stephanie and here with me is Nilofar. We are students of the World Heritage Studies program at the Brandenburg Technical University. We started this podcast as our study project for this semester's Queering the Narratives course held by our professor, Mrs. Caitlin Williams. In each episode, we have a new guest from the BTU heritage community. And today we are introducing to you Moro Lake Akin Alabi. She is a fourth semester student and was born and raised in Ibadan in Nigeria. She did her undergraduate degree in archaeology and anthropology in Nigeria's premier university, the University of Ibadan. Already during her bachelor's studies, she fell in love with the heritage and wrote her bachelor thesis about community participation in heritage, a case study of heritage site in Oyo Estate in Ibadan in Nigeria. Upon her graduation, she worked in several organizations, acquired some business skills before pursuing her master's degree at BTU. She sees her areas of expertise in authorized heritage discourse, community heritage, and the correlation between heritage and women. Furthermore, she is a budding heritage consultant with interest in, for example, the intersection of heritage and the female gender, community involvement in heritage management and the heritage of the future. She loves all things bright and beautiful, singing, traveling, and meeting new people. Moralake, hi, and welcome to today's episode, and thank you so much for accepting our invitation. Thank you, guys. I'm really delighted to be here. (laughs) All right, let's begin then. When was the first time that you got in contact with World Heritage? I would say that I, I came in contact with them, not just even world heritage, but heritage as a whole, as a child. Um, from my parts of Africa in Nigeria, we're constantly interacting with heritage. You visit your grandma, you visit your uncles, and they're telling you stories of the past. They take you to places and things like that. So I've always been interacting with heritage as a child. Um, for world heritage, I would say that you know visiting sites in my home country exposed me to world heritage you know we have some world heritage sites in my country and you know those sites opened me up to the world of heritage great why did you decide to study archaeology for your undergraduate and what did you like the most about it um i'll put it this way archaeology wasn't my you know first love in quotes but I've grown to love it I've grown to find it interesting I actually wanted to study communications and language arts at the University of Ibadan but you know I did quite meet up with the cut of mark there you know and then I said okay why not heritage archaeology no problem let's 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 get it done I I after my you know interaction with um you know the course I found it really quite interesting um I I, I now see the relationship between heritage or archaeology and communication, because it's one thing for us to do the excavations and do the research work. It's another thing for us to be able to communicate it to the world in such a way that is interesting and relatable. So there's actually a link between archaeology and um, um, communication. So yeah, archaeology has become my first love now, but it wasn't initially. Um, Yeah, what do I like most about it? Um, I like the fact that we have to travel a lot. Um, you have to, you know, you have to travel to sites, you have to dig up things, you have to be methodological, you know, you have to have processes to be able to do the work of, of an archaeologist. Coming to Europe, what did you find the most different culture-wise between Nigeria and Germany? 
that's an interesting question. <laughs> There's so many differences, I must say. But one of one one that comes to mind right now is the fact that um, Africans are generally people that want to warm up to you. They see you on the road, whether they know you or not. They're waving to you. They're smiling. You know, um, sometimes <laughs> they want to know what's up with you, your business. You know, they just want to <laughs> get to know you. But that's quite different here in um, Germany. People are more tend to focus um, on their business. You know, they're just very straightforward and all of that. I've had to adjust quickly, and it's interesting to see that different and then be able to adjust and balance up and learn that this is I mean a new environment and this is how things are done here. We saw that you have a great passion for women and heritage. How come and why is so special about this topic? Oh yes I do. Um I, I believe that women have a strategic role to play in nation building. Um and it's a joy to read about or see what somebody like Angela Merkel is doing here in Germany and that's just one woman. So imagine if we had other women doing great things like this around the world. It would be fantastic. So my interest in women as it relates to heritage stems from um a trend I noticed in Africa. In many cases women are mostly considered uh, like second class citizens without rights. Um, um, we have to, you know, work on uh, twice more than those of our male co counterparts. And for me, I observed this in my country also. And I took interest in it. And I said, look, even in particularly in politics, you know, we don't know those women who have contributed immensely to the growth of our nation. And we need to know these women. We, representation matters, particularly for the next generation. So that has fueled my interest um, um, in women and heritage. Let's know these women and let's add them to our national heritage, our world heritage, and bring them to the fore so that people can get to know them and identify with them. That sounded so great. <laughs> really, I really enjoyed listening to that. Thank you. Um, please name three different attributes that in your opinion describes heritage the best. Please name only three attributes at first and explain afterwards why you feel this way. Great. I would say three, 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 three things. Number one is culture. Number two, people and three places. UNESCO defines culture as the set of distinctive spiritual, material, intellectual, emotional features of society or a social group that encompasses not just only art and literature, but lifestyles, ways of living, um, value system, traditions and beliefs. So, you know, culture is something that people do over time and then it becomes a part of their heritage. <laughs> Now, let's let's look at um, um, people. The people are the ones that practice culture. And then when you talk about places, you know, they, they create certain places that matter to them, that mean so much to them. In my opinion, if you take out these three aspects, culture, people, places, I don't think we will have heritage anymore. I think <laughs> we'll just have <laughs> we'll just have a skeleton, but not heritage. So these three things make up um, heritage and, and, and they describe heritage to me. Thanks so much for answering our questions so far. We are already done with the first part and we will continue shortly. Welcome back to the second part of our podcast with Moralake. Okay, Moralake, why what did you like doing while living in Cottbus before the pandemic? Like how long have you been living in Cottbus? 
I, I think I stayed in couples for about a year plus. Yeah, a year and some months, I think, or two. I'm not sure before I moved to Frankfurt and Main, right? Um, yeah, Frankfurt and Main. So I, I think I loved the quiet, calm, and organized environment, proximity to school from the student hostel, quick walks to the shops, the library, also very easily accessible. And I really loved the fact that I didn't have to travel so far to get basic, basic things or do basic things. So I wanted to make a photocopy. I just walk across, you know, or go to the library. You know, it's quite different from um, a place like Lagos, Nigeria, that has a lot of hustle and bustle. And the university, you know, is in the city center. You have to have your accommodation very far and travel so many, um, quite a distance to get to school. So the fact that it's, you know, closely, closely knit, it's a closely knit community um, is something that I really love about Cottbus before the pandemic. <laughs> what was your favorite cafe and restaurant in the Cottbus area? Uh, that, ah, uh, interesting. Okay, so... I am not much of an out. I mean, outgoing person. I particularly when I came initially, it was um, it was it was winter, so I I had to <laughs> had to adjust the weather. But I think it was nice trying. A, there's a Chinese restaurant at the city center. I can't remember the name right now, but I love the food. <laughs> it was so delicious. It was nice trying the Chinese food. Yeah. In your opinion, uh, what were the main differences between living in Germany and Nigeria? <laughs> Interesting. Thank you for the questions. So yes, I'll start with weather. There's so many things, but I'll start with weather. It can be really freezing cold. <laughs> um, and that's, that's completely different um, um, from Nigeria. In Nigeria, the sun can be out to as much as um, 30 to 45 degrees, depending on which part of the country. If you're in the northern part, it can be as high as 45 sometimes. And with climate change, it just skyrockets. So there's a lot of heat and we're sweating. And then I'm in a new environment where it's extremely cold and I'm freezing. I think that's the major difference. And I had to really adjust and get a lot of um, <laughs> layers upon layers of sweaters. Um, another thing is a sense of community is also strikingly different. Um, you have to make deliberate efforts to interact with people here. If you don't do it, if you are not intentional about talking to people, you can go for months without talking to anybody. I mean, physically. So yeah, that that's another difference. The, it, 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 in Nigeria, it's, it's, I, mean, I mean, it's different because, you know, there's so many people talking, whether you like to talk or not, they want to be in your face. Um, um, also, Germany is generally quiet. Um, in Nigeria, there, there's always one event, one party or the other, and everybody's dancing and all of that. So those are the three major differences, I would say, yeah. What must-dos and must-sees would you recommend for semester students? Nice, nice. I would say go to the Museum Island, <laughs> travel, not just even Museum Island in Berlin. I just, I would say just explore the country as a whole. It's Germany is a beautiful place. So when you're on holiday, I would suggest that you just, you know, take a bus, take a train ticket, for instance, from our school to Dresden, there's a free ticket, I think, um, from our school to, I think, Berlin as well, there's also a free ticket. Well, now there's, the pandemic is here, but, you know, maybe after the pandemic, I would say explore, travel, 
go to places like you know the museum island explore the museums there you know um i've been to um some very interesting sites in dresden um, i can't remember the name right now but you know dresden is also a very nice place to go to Nuremberg, Ellenging. i've been there it's really beautiful as well so yeah Bavaria particularly as a whole it's a beautiful place so yeah great advice now after moving to Frankfurt is there something you miss from Kutbu's life and what is it and why do you miss it yes I, I I miss I miss interacting with students you know discussing with my my colleagues I miss generally human interaction really the quiet library it's it's i used to just go there just to relax and just you know refresh and just have a good view of the city so i miss the library as well and i miss my amazing friends that i've made in such a short while what did you like the most about the brandenburg technical university like the university setting what did you like the most i think what i liked the most about the the btu setting is the responsive nature of the um, international office And that the fact that we have access to our course advisor, just book an appointment, you go to her, you have clarification, this is what I need, this, I'm not clear about this. For me, that was quite important because I'm in a new environment and I have loads of questions. So I just walked to the um, international office and they have these short books materials that answers a lot of our questions. And, you know, I, I had a medical situation at some point and I just got there and they gave me a booklet that has the names of all the doctors. That, that for me was good. So I think about the interactive nature, the accessibility to our lecturers and um, the international office is, is something that I love about BTU. Thank you so much for answering the questions. Let's take a short break and start again with the third part where we will talk more about the program and we will be back in a few seconds. Let's continue with the third part, where we will talk a little bit more about the course and the program. Talking about the courses, what, which ones did you like the most? Introduction to World Heritage that was taken by Anka Prodden. That class was, so far, has been one of the most interactive, richly organized classes I've attended in, in a while. Her approach to teaching was awesome. I won't forget her and her classes in a hurry. The next would be um, urban planning, heritage and urban planning. Um, I'm currently taking museology. I love I love the teaching style as well. So those, those three are, are the ones that come to my mind right now. <laughs> Before the pandemic happened, did you have the opportunity to attend to many excursions? If yes, which ones and what was your favorite one? Yes, yes, yes. As a matter of fact, if you ask me, the excursions and the site visits is a core part of the course. I loved every bit of the of the of the visits and discussions we had before the pandemic. There's no World Heritage without visiting Museum Island, <laughs> you know, Bode um, Museum, um, San Sosis Palace in um, Potsdam, uh, you know, those places and a lot more are some of the places I've visited. But one that stands out for me right now is the war and memorialization excursion 
it was you know really really interesting i saw a different side of our lecturers i saw how i saw another side also of my classmates you know i had already formed certain opinions about them and i saw them in a different light you know they were very friendly, very nice, very warm. The lecturers would explain, you know, details about the site. They, you know, it was just, it was just really good to see people from different, up to seven, eight, ten different countries come together and have a great time of learning. So yeah, the Warman Realization course. We visited Italy. Um, it was really good. You are in the same study project course with us. Therefore, we would love to learn more about the participatory community project you chose. What is it and how is it going so far? Also, did you already attend a study project before? Thank you so much for that question. So yeah, first I would say that, you know, this, this particular um, study project is very interesting. And I love the approach to how heritage is selected, you know, it's different from the authorized heritage discourse. We're opening it up. We're making it a little more, a little more participatory, democratizing the um, the heritage process. And I think that is part of the future of of heritage. Yes, I've studied. I've, I've taken other study projects, but some of them I couldn't complete due to some medical reasons. But this is, like I said, this one is also one of the ones that stand out for me. Um, so my study project is is um, is related to women and women in politics particularly. The goal of my project is to identify and recognize the contribution of women um, who have shaped the political landscape of the world. Um, I'm going to be compiling a list of some of these women who have shaped the political trajectory of the world. And then, you know, we're going to create um, an online site where people can visit and get to know more about them. Yeah, so basically that's what my project is about. I want to talk about women in politics. I want to um, create a system that allows us to celebrate them, to identify them and make sure that it is the, the women that the people, the general public chooses. So one of the ways that I'm ensuring that my project is participatory is that I have sent out um, like a questionnaire to people and I've gotten very good responses so far, you know, and I, 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 I imagine, um, you know, seeing a, a, a museum, for instance, where we have just women showcasing the talent, the rich heritage of women who have contributed to different spheres of life, politics and things like that. But for my project is mainly about um, um, politics. I wanted to narrow down the project topic to just my country. But by the time I started my research, I realized that there's so many other women in different countries. If you look at my page for instance, Heritage for Women on Instagram, you would see that we have women from places like Estonia, Serbia, Denmark, rich information about these women so it shows that women we are all not just women the world is interconnected in some way and you know we should approach approach the world and and into our interaction with people that look we're connected and you know we're closely knit in, in some way uh, what about your master thesis ideas are you also going to follow and proceed with the women politics Actually, I'm, I'm thinking very much about, you know, expanding this particular type of um, this approach to heritage, because I think it's important for us to open up the selection process of heritage. We need to move 
a way, at least create a system that moves away from just a certain group of people who just decide this is what heritage is without considering or consulting the people. So yes, I, I'm looking into this. So I just might, you know, stick on the stick on this um, this this as my thesis. If I don't do that, it will be something around um, community heritage and how the community can be involved in preserving our heritage. If you would have to explain the program to a person who doesn't know anything about it, what would you tell him or her? Nice. I would say that World Heritage is a course that allows you to interact with the world and see the world from the, with the lens of um, the heritage of people you have the opportunity to learn about other people's culture. You have, you look at, you question certain ideas about the selection process of heritage, for instance. You question ideas about why heritage is called heritage. You know, it's an interactive, rich, and um, very international course that I would recommend to anyone who wants to learn more about the world they live in and the heritage of the world generally. Great, so we don't want to miss the chance to also ask you our last question, which is quite mean because you didn't know of that question before. However, it is, what World Heritage site do you find most impressive and why? Ah, okay, most impressive and why? Hmm. World Heritage, there's just so many of them. I, it, it, it would be difficult to pick, to pick one. Um, but I would say maybe, maybe I, I'm going to be a bit biased. <laughs> I'm going to pick from my country. <laughs> um, I would say the Osho Shogbo um, World Heritage Site in Osho State, Nigeria is uh, it's it's a lot of culture. It's a lot of you know if you watch the videos of of those events or the events that take place there, it's a lot of culture. It's a lot of, you know, culture really. So yeah, I'll choose that because it's from my country. <laughs> cool, we didn't have that side before. So yeah, great, thank you. And thanks a lot Moralake for taking the time to talk and meet us. We really enjoyed listening to your stories and we learned a lot of interesting things about you and heritage in general. We also wish you and your little family all the best for your future studies and hope that we can see each other in person at some point in the future. Yes, yes, yes. Hopefully very soon. Thank you so much for having me. It was a delight to talk about, you know, heritage and my course with you. Great. And thank you so much to you guys for listening to today's podcast episode. We really enjoyed our interview and we hope that you feel the same way and did learn some new things about our another member of Heritage community. As our next guest for the 14th episode of the World Heritage podcast, we will talk to Mathilde Bret. She did her Bachelor in History of Art, Archaeology, Museology, and Iconology in Paris, France, and is currently doing an internship at the auditorium of the Shoah Memorial in Paris. By the way, did you already listen to the other podcasts we published? If not, you definitely need to do so. Listen to Liz, Roger, Anna Schmiemann's stories and get to know them a little bit more. 
For also keeping up to date with our project, you can follow us on Instagram. Our name on social media is The World of Heritage. We would also appreciate your feedback. And if you're interested in sharing your story on our podcast, feel free to contact, contact us. You can find our email address in the description box below. Thanks again for listening and stay safe. Bye.